In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. This is the day that St. John the Baptizer was killed, or at least it is the day that the church remembers him, who he was, and what it is that got him killed. You all remember that story too, I'm sure. John was the cousin of Jesus. He was the last Old Testament prophet. He was also the first New Testament prophet, and John got in trouble because he told King Herod Antipas that he was wrong. In this case, he told King Herod that he was wrong to take his brother Philip's wife as his own and commit adultery. And in the end, as you all know, that didn't work out so well for St. John. You bump into this all the time, I'm sure. Some people just do not like to be told that they are wrong, even when it's true. And if you tell them they are wrong, they get cranky. Well, Herod got cranky, so he cut off John's head and he gave it to his wife as a birthday present. You can see the whole story before you in that little icon on the front of the bulletin. There is St. John the Baptizer under the press of being a prophet, living in the wilderness, a place that is filled with chaos and evil, eating locusts and wild honey, dressing in leather and in camel's hair, and saying and doing all the things that Jesus once said and done, even the very unpopular things. That is part of his job as a prophet, to stand up for what is good and right and true, even when it is not popular. And in the end, for his trouble, just for being faithful, John's head ended up on a plate. So what can we learn from marking the day St. John the Baptizer was killed? Well, somewhere along the way, I am quite sure that all of you have suffered from the press of being a prophet or from following a prophet. Somewhere along the way, you all have suffered for saying and doing the things that Jesus once said and done, even the very unpopular things. Like the baptizer, that is part of your job as a Christian, to stand up for what is good and right and true. But I am also sure that at some point along the way, that has made your world feel like a wilderness, made it feel chaotic and full of evil. And yet you all keep coming to church. That's the mystery. Why are you here today? And why didn't you quit? Frankly, why didn't John quit? You keep coming back because, like St. John the Baptizer, you see or you feel or you know or you believe that something big is happening here, something even bigger than losing your head. You keep coming back because somehow, like the baptizer, this big stuff has its hooks in you, and that's good. The death day of St. John the baptizer reminds us that the biggest thing in life is not dying at the hands of cranky folk. 
The biggest thing in life is living prophetically, living like St. John, saying what Jesus says and doing what Jesus does, even when it runs against kings and nations and the neighbor next door. Living prophetically, like St. John the Baptizer, is the essence of being a Christian. Even when saying what Jesus says and doing what Jesus does makes us suffer. It is everywhere in Scripture. Again and again you hear from Jesus, take up your cross and follow me. And if you love me, you will do what I say. And present your bodies as living sacrifices. And somehow, someway, sensing the bigness of that, you come back week after week, Sunday after Sunday, so that in this place you can be forgiven and strengthened and energized for the next good and true thing. For some folks, the big stuff of Jesus is always going to be too big. It is just the way it is. In Scripture, Jesus tells all kinds of stories saying that the big stuff of living prophetically is just too big for some folks. Jesus tells us that there will always be folks like King Herod Antipas who are so in love with the world and the way things are that they will not change. And so they have to kill the prophets who tell them they are wrong. Or folks like those in John chapter 6 who stop believing when Jesus' sayings get too tough, especially when Jesus says that our entire lives are defined by the bread that drops down from heaven, by the Eucharistic body and the Eucharistic blood of Jesus Christ himself. And when they hear that, they flee and they leave Jesus behind. Or like that poor guy that we heard about in the gospel a few weeks ago, the guy that Jesus invited to be apostle number 13. You remember that story, I think. Jesus sees this man. He loves him deeply. He says to the man, come on, sell your stuff, and you can join the 12 apostles. You can be number 13. But you remember that Jesus said the guy loved his stuff a lot. And so he refused to sell it and to follow, and Jesus was very sad. It's just the way it is sometimes for you and for Jesus. The big prophetic stuff is always going to be too big for some people. It's just the way it is. But you all need to remember that you are different. Because you are like St. John the Baptizer. You want the big stuff. The stuff that will keep you faithful unto death even if you are about to lose your head. You are different because you care something more about losing your head or your reputation or your money or your friends. You're different because your life is defined by the Eucharistic life, the energized life. You understand that love means obedience. You understand that to be a Christian is to live the life of the cross. You are different and you are here because you want the life of St. John the Baptizer. You want the prophetic life and not the life of King Herod Antipas, not the life of those folks in John 6 who fled from Jesus, and not the life of anybody who loves their stuff more than him.
The carpenters and the mill workers and the plumbers and the volunteers are going strong next door. In a few months, we will all be moving into a new space. Together, we need to think about what kind of place that new space will be. Whether it will be a wilderness of chaos and evil that eventually turns cranky and deadly, or whether it will be a prophetic place where big stuff happens, a John the Baptizer place full of faith and endurance and strength unto death, a place full of Jesus' energy and love and obedience and joy and grace and mercy and peace. I know what Jesus wants for us. And because all of you are here today, you know what Jesus wants as well. A new space always means a fresh start. When the children of Israel crossed over into the Promised Land, everybody got a fresh start. When John the Baptizer came and jumped into the Jordan River and started baptizing people, everybody got a fresh start. When Jesus came to Jerusalem, going up the hill on Palm Sunday, going to the cross, everybody got a fresh start. And it's true for all of us, too. A new space means that everybody gets to drop their old troubles and their old expectations, their old rules and their old grudges and their old fights, their old sins and their old ways, right here, right now. We're not taking any of that across the parking lot with us to the new place. Leave it here. Because when we get there, everybody gets a fresh start. Over the next few months, the pastors are going to use at least some of this time in sermons to talk to you about what the move means and about how everything there will be aligned behind Christ. But today, just start with this. This is your single takeaway for the day. Going forward, we will aim to live prophetically, which means that we will aim to say what Jesus says and do what Jesus does. It is that simple, no more, no less. We will aim to say what Jesus says and do what Jesus does, and all of it, to create a new reality and a new community and a little bit of Eden here on earth. You're all invited, and it should be fun. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.